It's show 50 of the Rim Pro Report. This week, Tanya Curry of Market Search. This show is sponsored by those bright and talented people over at O'Neill Software. What impresses me about this company is not just them, but their customers as well and their willingness to help each other out. One small excursion through that O'Neill forum, and you know how cool they all are. And yes, that's some of you. So if you're not part of this illustrious lot, then it might make sense to be so. Eh, you can visit them at O'NeillSoft.com. So here's officially the deal. It's showtime. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. Let's just end. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Wow, wow, wow. What a week. What a week it's been. I know I told you last week that I'm here on vacation in the tiny little town of Grand Bend in Canada, uh, in the area that I grew up in, that, that actually Becky and I grew up in, and it sits on the eastern side of Lake Huron. Uh, this is our home turf. I remember being on these beaches 30 years ago, and they are still as wonderful. You know, I, I've been sitting out on the beach this week remembering sitting on the hood of my car listening to the music on the radio. Uh, and that was uh, sitting on my red 67 Volkswagen Beetle. Well, no Beetle this week, but I had my iPad and my wireless Bluetooth jam box, and I was listening to James Taylor and Van Morrison and a lot of the other songs I listened to 30 years ago on this very beach. And somehow I'm, en I'm enjoying it even more than I did back then. The music, the sand, the gentle wave of the Lake Huron, uh, the wonderful beaches. But something about it seems better now somehow. I don't know if it's how old I am, how old I'm getting. I guess I didn't realize back then how special this all was. So it's been real good. We've had a chance to see all our families before we head back to San Diego this coming weekend. But, but, but today... I wanted to stop just for a moment and do a show for you. After all, uh, this show is for you, and it's show 50. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe. That's so cool. I, and so I wanted to celebrate a little. So today we're actually going to chat with Tanya Curry. If you've been in this business a while, you've likely worked with her or still do. If you're new, you'll likely hear her name around. Tanya is in the appointment setting, telemarketing, teleprospecting business, and she knows how to do it in this industry. She's been doing it an awful long time. And while she doesn't make a big splash and doesn't make a lot of uh, a lot of noise out there, she quietly runs a business that, you know, makes calls for tons and tons of companies in our industry. And because of that, I wanted to chat with her and learn more about what's happening in her world uh, and just kind of see from her perspective what's happening in that whole area. She's been doing this a long time, and I think what she has to say will be really valuable to hear. And like I said, no news this week again. Uh, there might be some great stuff going on, but I'm not even worried about it this week. 
the world might have officially gone paperless this week, and I don't even know about it. So we'll get back to the news next week. And, you know, as always, as the case on this show, the celebrities drop by. And because I was at the cottage and was quite reluctant to have anyone come to the studio this week, it's really a makeshift little studio kind of thrown together. Uh, But last night I got a text from a good friend saying she was staying up the lake here in Canada. So I said, well, why not? Come on down. So let me introduce you to the one, the only, Jennifer Aniston. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm I'm really well, Jennifer. It's been a great week here on the beach. Actually, a great couple of weeks, and it's really a beautiful summer. Uh, I'm on vacation. I'm enjoying myself. What's happening with you? Oh, it's just like a bloodbath in here today. Well, well... Well, what do you mean? Are, are you talking about the heat or the state of this little studio? I, I tried to clean it up a little before you got here. I know how particular you are about it all, so uh, I'm quite sorry if the studio is a little bit messy. Okay, so you know what I just heard? Blah, 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 blah. Well, I guess we'll talk about you then. Uh, that seems to be what you want, right? Yeah. So, how are you really doing? How is life? That is hard to say, Ross. That's hard to say. What? Did you just call me Ross? What are you talking about? Well, you know, up until now, you haven't exactly been the portrait of honesty. So just come, just come clean, okay? Just tell me who you are. I- is this a practical joke? You're just messing with my head, aren't you, Jennifer? Yeah, yeah, you are doing that, aren't you? Big fat bummer. Well, okay, you got me. So back to my initial question. How is life for you? Oh. Perfect. Well, that's great to hear. I'm happy for you. I know the last time we chatted, you mentioned you were dating. So I was thinking about that. And, you know, in the back of my head, I was wondering because of, you know, your star status and, and, you know, how beautiful you are. Uh, If you were on a really awkward date, what do you think you'd say to, to break the ice? Are you okay? Because you're sweating pretty profusely. <laughs> really? You'd actually say that? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, how do you think the date would go on after that comment? Well thought out, you know, simple. Just going, being able to go to a great restaurant and have great conversation and, I don't know, walk on the beach. If there is one to be walked on. Yeah, well, oh, that sounds interesting. Thankfully, here on Lake Huron, the beaches are delightful. But sounds like you pretty much control the date then, you know? You have it all thought out. It's managed. But I, I would have guessed that the date would have gone completely downhill after breaking the ice comment on his sweating issue. What would your parting words be if, uh, you know, as, as you ended the date? I'm going commando, too. Seriously? commando you'd say that wow what a strange way to end a date well jennifer you know um thanks for stopping by the uh, studio here at the lake today i'm glad that you happen to be in canada and staying at a cottage just up the road worked out well to have you stop by but you know i need to get to my interview with tanya curry so i'm going to have to say goodbye that is so sad i know i'm gonna miss you too Uh, We always have such a great conversation, even if the conversation is always about you. Wow. What's that like? Well, it's great, Jennifer. Really, talking about you all the time is delightful. It's wonderful. But uh, I can't do it anymore. Why not hang out and enjoy the show? Hang tight while I get Tanya on the line. Hang on. (laughs) 
Tom Curry is the founder and president of Market Search, based in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Market Search employs 25 full-time people, and Tanya's been at this since 1988. But rather than me tell the story, I want you to hear more about it from her. Tanya, are you on the line? Hi, Tom. Yes, I'm here. Oh, so good to talk to you and so good to have you on the RIM Pro Report. Uh, You have been at this a long time, but before we kind of go into that part of the story, tell me about what Market Search is and does. Tell me about your business. Well, you know, we're in the business of what everybody likes to call cold calling. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, I've tried over the years to come up with a better terminology, a better way to explain what we do, but... We want to be realistic, too, and let people know that our goal is to get out there and do the dirty work to make their life easier in finding leads and customers for their business. And you've been at this since 1988. A long time, yes. And that's when we actually started the business in terms of working with the records management companies and having it be incorporated. And prior to that, I worked for other businesses doing their telemarketing. Oh, okay. So you you actually did this before you got into the business yourself. I did, and it was actually an accident how it all came about. I mean, I my husband was in the military. We lived in Hawaii, which is where I was born and raised, and he was from Ohio. We moved to the mainland. I needed a job. I didn't want to get out in the snow and work, and I thought, well, what can I do from home? So it started off with me calling a bunch of businesses in Lansing, Michigan, which is where we lived at the time, and I opened up the Chamber of Commerce directory and, and looked at who I might want to work for, and one of them was something called a record center. And I thought, well, what in the world is that? And so huh. I called and found out, learned, and they said, thank you for calling, and they became a client. Really? The rest is history. And they actually referred me to a record center in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is where we ended up moving, and they referred me to another record center, and then another and another, and, and it, it's all just been through word of mouth, helping one and another all across the country. Yeah, and, and you have, uh, I, I remember the first industry conference I was ever in at PRISM, uh, and I remember hearing your name. It, it was one of the names that just kept being mentioned uh, around, and it, you have, have had that ability over the years to just, you know, keep generating. Uh, I don't think you... you you know, you're you're not sort of out there waving flags and trying desperately to get people to come to you. you. People just seem to show up and respond because everybody else tells them to go to you, which is really a great, great business model. And, you know, we've been fortunate, and I think the records management industry is a great industry to belong to just because everybody is focused on helping each other. Yeah. And um, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And we have to stick together and help each other. Well, I invited you specifically to this show because, I, A, I think you've got a great story uh, in terms of being at this so long, and you know our industry uh, probably better than many of our own industry people understand how, how to get appointments and things like that. Uh, but I, I, I got you on this 50th show. I'm, I'm actually taking a break from my vacation right now to talk to you because it's that important. Show 50, you're on the show with us. And because I, I think uh, there might be some some misunderstanding, some um, maybe some misdirection uh, that happens because of the nature of this beast. I, I think, you know, you called it cold calling, and I think cold calling uh, can potentially have a very bad rap in the world. Um, 
But it seems to me the world keeps changing and continues to change and continues to evolve. And I wanted to hear from your side of the equation. What's the world changed like for you? What's it look like being in the business of, of, of cold calling, of telemarketing, of teleprospecting, of appointment setting on behalf of, of RIM companies? Well, you know, it's interesting that you would use the phrase that the world has changed because I remember back 23 years ago when I first heard about records storage, just the terminology record storage, yeah. I saw that listing in the chamber of directory and wondering what in the world was that all about. From then and over the course of the past 23 years to today, the, the world has become much more educated. There was a time where we would call people and explain what the service is about and they would pretty much hang up on us. Really? Or say, oh, no, no, we would never use that. I mean, our records need to be in the corner of my office so that I can get it anytime I need it. And back when imaging was part of the the scene and coming up into play, everyone insisted they would never use that. Sure, that sounded interesting, but the world is much more educated, thanks partially to the internet and the ability to share information right. and you know references with each other as people start to use the services. Because now, when we call someone, we don't have to do a lot of educating, although there are still a lot of questions and we can answer them. But people know they know what it's about if they're not already using a service like this. They know of someone who is and are willing to give us information and, and yeah. aren't quite as turned off or maybe as cold. Although it's still a cold call, people are a little warmer to the idea just because they know more than they did 5, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. So so the world is not as educated, but I, I think in the period of these years, uh, the the world has changed uh, maybe not so much in terms of, of what the client um, knows and understands about our industry, but in terms of the, the whole way they purchase things and the whole, uh, you know, there's things like do not call lists and there's things like uh, permission marketing and there's all of this kind of stuff that has really evolved in the world over time that I, I would think directly impacts you. But t- tell me about that. How does that sort of... You know, how does that change in the world? The Internet, all this kind of stuff that has transpired since 88 when you got into this to where, what you're doing now and what your team are doing now. What, what's changed? What has changed from that perspective? You know, honestly, not, not much has changed. I mean, the Internet has been great because it has allowed people to go out there and try different avenue or utilize different avenues to go and get leads or stay in contact with potential customers. But again, it has truly helped us because when we call, people are, are more aware of what's going on. They're more educated. They know how to answer our questions, and they're more receptive. I mean, it's still a cold call because it's yeah. not someone that we've talked to before right. or they have not talked to us before. So in that sense, yes, it is a cold call, but we don't get the hang-ups like we used to. I mean, people are a lot more intelligent. They're more professional about how they deal with salespeople. And I think that's not only helped us, but it's helped our clients that when they, can, they go out there and meet with people face-to-face, they're dealing with someone that is much more professional and know how to buy versus just being totally uneducated and, and scared, right. afraid to talk to a salesperson. Right. So the Internet has been fantastic in helping that. Huh. Because when the, before, before they actually have a presentation from one of our representatives, they can get online, look at that person's website. In fact, sometimes... They will ask for the web address, which we give them when we're on the phone, and they'll pull up the website immediately with us on the phone with them. Really? And so it has made, lend, created more validity to what we're doing because we're not just a strange person that they've never talked to. They can actually get that website up and respond better to what we're asking. 
So uh, a couple of years ago, Richard Reese uh, at a PRISM conference said that the world is also evolving in terms of what they see at a, a fairly macro level um, uh, in, in terms of the fact that records themselves, uh, putting a box on a shelf and storing a box in a warehouse uh, sort of in what has been the traditional record storage model uh, continues to evolve. And for them, it was that that uh, records were no longer the, the entry point into the business. Uh, how are you seeing that on your end with your clients, with all the people that you work with and all the work you do every day, making calls after call after call? What's what's happening as it relates to that whole area? You know, it goes back and forth. I mean, people have paper and they still are very protective of their paper. And when we're calling and asking questions about it, they aren't always willing to give us the information until they ask more questions of us, which, of course, they do, and we answer them. But there seems to be in the background that desire to become paperless. Right. And so the question in everybody's mind, a lot of people's mind, more and more we see this happening every day, is what can I do to convert my paper from paper to electronic format just to make it so much easier for us to manage it. Right. But paper is still important, and a lot of people are very reluctant about letting go of their paper. So if, if you could put, you know, those two, and just from your in, your internal sense about it, and I realize you can't give away necessarily confidential information, but uh, from your sense about it, is imaging selling more easily or quickly than record storage? Is that, is, that, is that a pretty obvious statement? I think as a foot in the door, imaging is selling easier than paper storage. Yeah. Well, we see that, on, we see that on our end in terms of the Internet side of the work we do with clients. We, we see that imaging is far outperforming record storage sort of on a pure request level, and this is just basically the forms that get filled in on a site. But imaging tends to outperform uh, records now dramatically, and shredding, it's not even, a, not even a question. Shredding outperforms everything by a long shot. But I, I, was, I was interested in, on your end because a lot of times you're specifically calling for clients for records storage and and that's why it, it's an interesting question for you you know that's true but a lot of the people we work with have um, have requested that we lead into the conversation with the imaging content. really well wow. and those those obviously are 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 doing okay for you how do, how do you feel like that's that's panning out I think it is much easier for us to lead into the conversation that way yeah Depending on the size of the company, let me say it that, that oh, okay. way first. I mean, we generally have a good idea of the size of the company before we call. When we create the list, we input the employee count. That just comes down from our list service. So we know if it's a small company, let's say under 100 employees, we get a better response if we lead in with paper or hard copy storage versus imaging. If it's larger than that, they're, they're better able to afford the cost and might have a budget for something like imaging. Yeah. So we can... It's, more receptive, it's, we get a better response right. if we lead into the conversation with the imaging concept. Right. So how do you see the role that you play uh, as a cold calling, teleprospecting, appointment setting company and the, the, the work you do with your clients? How, do, how has that been evolving or how does that continue to evolve? Because I, I know it was, it was, you know, traditionally... Uh, before the the internet exploded and before the education of people uh, that are answering the phones that you are you know calling 
uh, before that completely evolved, there was an expectation that the way to get into a company was was through the phone. But uh, to me, you know, as as I work with people on marketing and helping them to understand marketing, what I realize is that, and what I try and teach them is that that this thing we do is multifaceted. There's no one simple way to get in the door. I often teach 30 ways to get a client versus one way to get a client. And what you do is a particular way. But how how in your work with clients are you continuing to evolve and educate them to be more effective in the whole role that you play? You know, I think people need to have a combination of methods to get out there and communicate with their audience. Yeah. And one, of course, is to utilize as much as they can with the Internet marketing, that piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I think no, that should be absolutely required. But our strategy is a little bit different. And we feel that we should go out there and not wait for someone to call us, not wait for that person to find us, whether it be online or through advertising, but for us to get out there and find them first before they find the competitor. Right. And so we, we believe that they need to have a mix yeah. and utilize all of the roles that they can possibly include in their budget to be able to communicate with their customer. Because, you know, honestly, people do get online now. They shop online, but they still need that communication. They still need that voice-to-voice, face-to-face communication. It is still people buying from people. Yeah. And if they're online or if they see an ad and they happen to call the, you know, three companies in their market to get competitive pricing, they're going to still buy from the person that they feel best connected to and they have that relationship with. And the only way to get that is by having a conversation. And so our goal is to communicate, to create as many conversation opportunities as possible for people, whether it be through us calling cold prospects that we've never had a conversation with before or contacting previous customers or contacting people that we have talked to before but now offering other services. If we initially got in by talking about hard copy storage, now we call back and talk about imaging or shredding and just offering these people other services to let them know that there's more to records than just storing paper. Right, right. So what is it that most people don't really understand about what it is that you do? Like, do you think people uh, truly get, like, because, you know, you, you, you do this all day long. You know, salespeople uh, are out there trying to sometimes sort of beat the bushes and try and find uh, things. And so they'll pick up the phone and, and what they consider doing a cold call. But, but you know, when, when you're a professional services company like you are and this is what you do and you employ 25 people to actually do this or more, I don't I, I, that's the number that, that most recently was quoted on your website. But, um, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're grinding it out every day, making thousands of calls, I assume. But what are you doing that, that other people don't quite get how to do? Well, you know, it's like the backstage. What, what goes on behind the scenes and actually setting the appointment and making the call is only one-third of what happens. Oh, okay. The first, the first step is creating the list. And that's probably the most important step because we need to find the, the target audience and the size of the company, the correct geographic area, and the correct, correct line of business by number of employees. Right. And that's something that I do in terms of going through a list and just knowing what we've learned over 23 years of doing this, what types of businesses are better prospects and what type of businesses are just not good to call right now. And so I go through the list, usually name by name, one by one, and it takes time. Yeah. 
but it's worth it because I don't want to spend anyone's money calling massage parlors and beauty salons, unless it's a corporate office, of course. Right. But, you know, we, we know what types of businesses. We've talked to every imaginable type of business over the years, and we know exactly how they're going to respond right. to our questions. So before we even call them, I can tell you exactly what they're going to say. Really? And it's interesting. I don't even have to listen in to someone's calls anymore. I know based on what they're saying exactly what the other person is going to say in response. We've just developed the script, and we've developed a way to ask the questions and how to respond to what they're saying to get them interested. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're not selling the service, honestly. When we're talking to these people on the phone, we're selling the appointment. Right. Because they're giving us three minutes of their time, and that's it. We've called them. We've interrupted their day. We're asking them to answer a few quick questions and letting them uh, explaining very briefly what this is all about and then to get them interested so that we can create that, that face-to-face opportunity. That's the first step. The second step is setting of the appointment, and the third step is the verification and confirmation stage. And it's not just a matter of setting the appointment and letting it go and hoping that it happens. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I have a manager that calls back, checks the quality, makes sure this person did, in fact, want this appointment, that they've written it on their calendar, they've blocked off 20 minutes, they understand we're sitting down, we're having a conversation, we're talking about it, we're giving them information. And even then, once it's, it's sent to our client, we call back one more time and confirm it the day prior. Really? So you're doing so, uh, almost like you're, you're doing a four-step process as opposed to picking up the phone and making a call. Right. Wow. Wow. Because, you know, we, we're, we've done this for so long that, that we can be very persuasive when we're talking to people on the phone and we get them excited. I mean, my people are trained to be very excited about what they're doing and to communicate that powerful, positive message to the prospect on the other end of the line. And people get excited. We get them excited. That's our, our job as salespeople. And so our, our point after that is to, to calm them down and, and check and make sure that they just weren't momentarily excited right. by what we were saying, but they truly want the information. And, and still at that point, some people do change their mind after they set the appointment or they get off the phone with us and they realize, oh, you know, maybe that's not the best choice for me right now, or they, they talk it over with the other managers in the office and they they decide that they might wait and then reschedule the appointment for another time. But you know, we, we never intentionally want to send anyone into an appointment that's not a good opportunity for right. them. Right, right, right. So what, uh, in terms of the work you do and the, the, the work you do as a partner to uh, businesses, what, are, what do you wish that uh, your clients knew uh, or what do you wish that they were doing that would help improve their results for them? Follow-up. Sales training, um, you know, get as much sales training as possible. I know we have excellent um, consultants in our industry that have programs to help everyone out there with this, including right. what you do, Tom. Um, I think everyone should, even if they've done it for years and know all the answers, I think it's great to have constant training. Just yeah. like a, a doctor or a lawyer would, I think there should be ongoing training for everyone out there just to practice their skill in front of their peers. Hmm. And, and definitely follow-up. More follow-up is, is needed. You can never, never hurt anyone by keeping in touch with your prospect and letting them know that you're there for them when they need you. Yeah. Yeah, that, that whole follow-up thing to me is is so critical. So, you know, you, you 
get an appointment set up. People get in front of a prospect. They have a 20-minute meeting. And, and what, I, what I know to be true is this, that when you're ready to sell, they're not always ready to buy. And uh, so you That's correct. And the other thing that, that's happened over the years is, you know, with the economy being the way it is, every decision maker now has not only one job but three jobs because people have been laid off and they've had to cut costs. And so we have to re- remember that we're dealing with the busyness of their life and all of the challenges that are facing them in their business. And so when you go out to an appointment to meet with someone, it may not be their best day. And right. their response, although they were excited about this two weeks ago, you may now be approaching them at a time that something else is challenging them in their business and they may not give you the positive response that you'd like. Right. And so it's, it's good to have that follow-up to, to get them when things might be better. Yeah. And stay in touch. Yeah. Things change. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're constantly changing. And, and that's, that's, I guess, why it's so valuable to not see marketing as what I teach is marketing is not an event. It's, it's a holistic, never-ending, persevering kind of activity. It's, it's campaign-oriented. Think about it in terms of a two-year campaign. And involved in that campaign is a phone call, involved is a meeting, involved is a follow-up email, involved is, is a newsletter program that just kind of keeps dripping away to remind people that you're there, that you exist, that that you have a relationship and that you're part of, you know, you're part of the fabric of their community and understand their business. And to me, that's where you start winning. It's not, it's not that you, you know, what you do, get an appointment for somebody and they sit down and it magically is going to change the world. It's just one piece of a bigger puzzle. And I think with the services that our clients offer is it's in a lot of cases, it's a situation of, of an incident that occurred in their office. It's, made this all of a sudden a necessity to them that, you know, we may meet with them today and, and all of a sudden, you know, there's no need, yeah. it's great information, but we don't have a need right now. Right, right. And, and next week something happens and now they have a need. Yeah. But if we had determined at this point there's no need and we're going to file that away for follow-up next year, then we will have lost this opportunity. And so it's a situation where I believe we should be out there meeting with people before they have a need. Yeah. So that when they have a need, our name comes up first. Yeah. Your name comes up first. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, I, I, I'm, um, you know, I've known you a long time, years and years ago in my record center. I, I worked with you too. And, uh, That's and, right, we did. and we did work together and, uh, I am grateful for the role you have played in this industry and helping so many people. I know, uh, you know, I know, as I said to you earlier, you've been around a long time. You've been in this business a long time and you continue to be in this business. And, you know, proof to me is in the pudding. If you, you can be around since 1988 and still, still going strong today, uh, you're doing something right. So I, I really appreciate your presence and your role and, uh, and even for spending some time talking to us about it today. Well, thank you, and I hope you're enjoying your vacation and not working too much. I'm trying not to, but hey, before we go, this is the RIMPRO Report, and we always ask some interesting questions at the end, personal questions, questions to really uh, gain insight into who you actually are. So first question, uh, Desert Island CD, Desert Island Disc, Desert Island Music, if you could only take one uh, artist, one album, one CD on a desert island, that's all you could take. Who would it be or what would it be? Oh, my goodness. Well, probably George Strait. George Strait? Just, yeah, yeah wow. George Strait. So you're a country um, girl. 
You know, I was, uh, I guess I am, but I've just started coaching cheerleading with my daughters, and so I've been listening to some different music, too, if you can understand what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, a little Bieber mania. Oh, yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, we live in... Anything that a typical 13-year-old would listen to, that's what I've been listening to. Wow. Well, your musical tastes are evolving. So, (laughs) Tanya, if if magically I could sprinkle... uh, powder on your world and tomorrow you had a perfectly free day no responsibilities no requirements no nothing demanded of you what would you do for the day i would spend time with my four dogs would you i would four dogs four four dogs they used to come to the office with us but it's a little challenging with four dogs in an office as you can imagine so i would just stay at home and play outside in the yard with my four dogs and my two daughters Wow, very cool. And finally, and and this one always intrigues me because some people are into this one and some people don't respond at all, but I think leaders tend to be readers. People people who lead companies in that read something. They tend to be have this insatiable desire to know more. So if I were to ask you what's your best read right now, what would you say? You know, at any given time, I think I probably have about 10 books on my desk that I'm reading. Really? Yep, and I'm I'm not a read one book from the front beginning to the end kind of a person. No. I'll just pick up what feels good at that moment and open it up and, and read a few pages here and there. And I always have a book with me. Actually, my iPad now is my favorite yeah. reading device. And yeah. so that goes everywhere with me, onto the couch, to the dining room table, to the doctor's office, back and forth during the day. I honestly don't know what I'd do without it. <laughs> Addicted to my iPad. Well, I understand that one, so very cool. Well, Tanya, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. And I know uh, your entire team are probably um, going crazy waiting to talk to you. So thanks for being a part of the show. I really appreciate it. And continued success in what you're doing and uh, in the work you're doing in our industry. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. I'll see you soon. Well, a great big thanks to Tanya Curry for the time she's spent chatting with us today. And thanks to you for taking the time to be with us again this week. Next week, we'll be back in San Diego for show 51. And, you know, a special thanks to Jennifer Aniston for stopping by the Cottage Studio today and hanging out with us. Uh, It was a pleasure to have you here. It's always a delight. And uh, I I guess I'm wondering, Jennifer, uh, how did you feel about the show? Let me tell you something. It's been a long time since I've been flung. <laughs> I'm not sh- really quite sure what you mean by that, but uh, you're welcome, I guess. And uh, as we end the show, let me remind you that O'Neill is a celebrating 30 years of a commitment to lead the rim service industry. You know, get this, their software is installed in over a thousand record centers in more than 78 countries, and that ranges from startups to multinationals. So if you're looking for a software for your rim business, no matter where you are, check them out at O'NeillSoft.com. Well, that's all for now. I'm going to enjoy my last few days of vacation and hang out in the beach, and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Hey, we are out of here. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com, where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.